Hey NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee, she is Tam. I'm tired, Tam, Renee. <laughs> I can't even give you a hey, hey, because I'm tired. Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Tam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. If there's one thing that I'm sure our listeners know, and uh, if you're a new listener to this podcast, one thing you will know about me and Tam is that we do so much before we even bring this podcast to you that we work our buns off and uh, not together, but individually. So Tam, I can only imagine how exhausted and tired you are, but because we love our fans and we love this podcast and we love to bring it to uh, the, our listeners each and every week. Thank you for hanging in there, and we're going to get through this, okay? <laughs> okay, well, for those that don't know, your girl Tam was in Bristol, as in Bristol, the last great coliseum, the fastest half mile on earth. I think that's the slogan for Bristol. But yeah, I was down at Bristol with the good folks of Kelly Blue Book and Cox Automotive. I had an opportunity to hang out with them. For a couple of days, and because Kelly Blue Book was the primary sponsor on the number nine car, as in yes, Chase Elliott, I also got a chance to hang out with Chase Elliott and asked him a few questions. If you guys follow us on Twitter, I posted it out there. I gave fans a chance to ask Chase Elliott a question. Thankfully, a bunch of you guys chimed in. So shout out to everybody that chimed in, including Justin, Kenny. I think we probably got about 10 people who sent in questions. So I'm not going to spoil it by giving you guys all the ins and outs and reading the questions now, but we will let you guys know when the interview is posted. I will possibly post some of the questions on our website, allturnsnobreaks.com. And then the rest will be on the drive because as you guys know, I write for the drive. Then actually I did a takeover for the drive.com on their social media this weekend while I was down at Bristol. I did Instagram and the Twitter and I was supposed to do Snapchat, but the battery situation, the internet situation just did not cooperate. So it became Insta stories and Twitter. But yeah, so that was my Saturday. So if I sound not like my usual, hey, that's because I'm operating more on a, hey. (laughs) (laughs) I literally got up, you know, I was at the track from the, I don't want to say sun up, but I was definitely at the track in the morning. And as you guys know, Bristol is a night race. Although the race did not start at night because of the weather, the race was moved up an hour. That was pretty much that. Let's jump into some NASCAR talk. Yeah, let's do it. Did you want to add something about your weekend? No, I, I don't. Mine was pretty chill. I was just working at night in the clubs and working during the day. Mine was a very uh, workful weekend, but you know what? I was in town and uh, I am ready for some NASCAR talk. Okay. Well, let's just jump right into it. The top 10 from Bristol. Oh, that was a great race. I must say so myself. Now, again, I I alluded to dealing with internet issues and Wi-Fi and data and all that. 
but there's no way you can't watch a race when you're at the track. Literally, I'm standing there. Next thing I know, I'm like, okay, the race has started. I'm going to go to the media center so I can get on the internet and catch up on posting and sharing some behind the scenes live tweets from Bristol. And then I'm like, the whole crowd is roaring. I'm like, what happened? What did I miss? I look up on the Jumbotron. And yes, I still refer to it as the Jumbotron. And there it was, a 15 car wreck in the second lap. How crazy is that? Only the second lap. Okay, and we'll get into the whole Kyle Busch situation in a bit because that, (laughs) yeah, you can laugh now because that pretty much was the night. The top 10 from Bristol, my pick. Yeah. Because you do know I picked Kurt Busch to win. You sure did, Tim, and that was a great pick. Tim, I have to give it to you. I'm sitting there watching this and I'm going, did Kurt Busch just really win this? And Tim picked him. I was like, oh, we got to go to Vegas. (laughs) Okay, so Kurt Busch. As in my man, Kurt Busch, Stuart House, driver of the number 41, was your winner at Bristol. Kyle Larson came in second. Chase Elliott in the Kelly Blue Book, number nine car, came in third. Joy Logano, fourth. Eric Jones, fifth. Clint Boyer, my other guy, another Stuart House driver, he came in sixth. Ryan Blaney, seventh. Alex Bowman, eighth, another top 10 for Alex. Yay. Jimmy Johnson, another top 10. He came in ninth. And Kevin Harvick came in a disappointing 10th. And we only say disappointing because, you know, the big three, we're used to them coming in first, second, or third. And speaking of the big three, as we all know by now, Martin Truex Jr. was collected late in the game. It's actually pretty wild because He still has not won a cup race at a short track. It appeared that he was well on his way and Kyle Busch got into it and his night was done. And that is our segue into the notables. These are the people who didn't come in the top 10, but still worth mentioning. Kyle Busch came in 20th and Martin Truex Jr. came in 30th. And if you can believe this, which is not hard not to believe at Bristol, There were only 15 cars on the lead lap when the race ended. And the other five cars, because I just read you guys the top 10. So since I'm telling you it was only 15 cars on the lead lap, it's only right that I give you the other five cars. That included Trevor Bain in 11th, Ryan Newman 12th, Austin Dillon 13th, Denny Hamlin 14th, and your boy Casey Kane 15th. And we already know Casey Kane. Let the world know he's done. He is no longer going to be racing in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series after this season. That is pretty wild. Well, you know what? It's pretty wild, Tim. And um, over the last several years, we've had some really good race drivers call it quits and hang it up. Casey Kane is a very interesting story only because, I mean, because it's Casey Kane. I'm not saying that he's uh, any less of a person that we're going to miss than like a Carl Edwards or a Greg Biffle or a Dale Jr. at that matter. But he is significant in the sense of, Tim, here's a guy who's been driving for a very long time. He's a veteran and he's won races. You know, I don't know about anybody else. And you say what you want about Casey Kane, but to me, and this is my personal opinion, Tim, I think he will be missed. I think he will be missed in this uh, sport. I think he will be missed in this game because I think if anybody knows Casey Kane, his 
will to win and his motivation for whatever reason the last several years. I don't know where it's been, but it really hasn't been a very good couple of years, even though that he won a race last year, he was in the playoffs. But the fact of the matter is, and my point is, is that I think a guy like Casey Kane, you see this guy going to hang it up. I feel bad for the guy. You know, I would like for him to stay in, but I get it. I understand. And you know what? When a guy just knows, he just knows. And when he's done, he's done. He's done. Yeah. You can stick a fork in it. Here's the thing. I don't know if I called it, but I feel like I may have said this. If I didn't, I'm saying it now. I already knew it was a wrap because you cannot go from running in equipment on a top tier team and going to a situation like he's in now. It just doesn't work like that. It does because obviously it's the best of them is happened to Matt Kenseth as well. But there's no inspiration when you know that your chances of winning are second to none. <laughs> yeah, true. And he's just not in the best equipment. But yeah, he's done. Actually, we have what, two more races left before the playoffs. Maybe he'll do like last year and pull something out of his hat and get a spot in the playoffs. I don't see it happening. But, but it happened before, so I mean... You but see, it happened when he was in Hendrick. <laughs> That's true, too. It happened when he was driving for Team Hendrick. Right, right, so, right, right. Hendrick Motorsports. And on that note, let's really quickly give you guys an update on the playoffs. So if the playoffs started today, this is what we would have in terms of 16 drivers. Oh, here we go. We already know Kevin Harvick is in. He's won seven races. Kyle Busch is in. He's won six races. Martin Truex Jr. is in with four wins. Clint Boyer, you know, Clint Boyer got two wins this season. He does. I don't care if one of them was due to a weather-shortened race. He has two wins this season. So he's in. Kurt Busch is now in. Thank you. Kurt Busch is in. And I say that because I told you guys Kurt Busch was going to win a race. So if you ever doubt it, my knowledge, and it's not luck, it's knowledge of this here sport called NASCAR. I proved you wrong. Okay. Joey Logano is in because he has a win. Chase Elliott is in with his first career cup win. And Eric Jones, who also won his first career cup win this season, is in. Austin Dillon is in because Austin, all he does is win the big races every year. Yeah, right. (laughs) And Ryan Blaney is in, and he's actually locked in. Even though he hasn't won this season, he is locked in based on points. Brad Keselowski is also locked in. He has clinched a playoff spot based on points. Kyle Larson, who surprisingly has not won a race yet this season, is in, and he's in the 12th spot. Denny Hamlin is in, and this is only if the playoffs started today. He has not clinched, but based on points, he would be in if the playoffs started today. Eric Amarola would be in. Jimmy Johnson, shockingly, would be in, and Alex Bowman would be in. Now, those are your 16 drivers that are in if the playoffs started today. And again, I know I've said that five times. Yeah, and just real quick, Tam, it's so amazing what you said a few minutes ago that Kyle Larson, who has not won a race this year, that's so crazy to listen to because you would think Kyle Larson, considering the year that he had last year, you think this kid would would have had at least three, four wins already this year. (laughs) 
it is amazing, but that big three, including Clint Boyer, who technically is not in the big three, but I'm just going to say because the big three, as well as Clint Boyer, all have multiple wins. Now, who's not in, but could possibly get in if something changes, is Ricky Stenhouse Jr., who is currently sitting in the 17th spot, Ryan Newman, 18th. Daniel Suarez, 19th, and Paul Menard, 20th. You know, I would like to see Paul Menard get in just because sometimes it's just great to have a good underdog story. But he's 99 points behind Alex Bowman. So I'm not quite sure if that would happen. But actually, yeah, because he's 99 points down. If I've read that a little wrong, just clarifying that. That is what the playoff situation is looking like. And that's your top 10 from Bristol. So now let's jump into some Bristol talk really quick. Oh, I don't I don't even know. Should we just jump to Kyle Bush? Yep. Let's go at it because it's the hot topic. <laughs> well, when is he not a hot topic? I See, know. here's the thing. Hanging out with Kelly Blue Book this weekend, some conversation came up as we were driving to the track about Kyle Bush. Everybody was shocked when I told them. I like Kyle Bush. I don't have a problem with Kyle Bush. Kyle Bush, I'm not going to say he's my guy, but I'm starting to like him more and more each week because he brings it. He's a driver. He has attitude and he'll shut you down if you bring it to him. And that's including the fans because as we have learned, there was an altercation after the race. Ironically, I caught a video, I literally, Kyle Bush, I saw him walking towards me. I was like, let me get my camera phone ready. I hate to be that person that pointing the camera phone in somebody's face, but I was like, oh, let me capture Kyle Bush walking towards me as well as walking up the bankment of the track to go through the tunnel. Next thing I know, when I finally got back on Wi-Fi, and let me just add a hashtag Tim's Rent. So at Bristol Motor Speedway, they stopped traffic from leaving the actual track for one hour. So meaning that you can't drive your golf cart, you can't do anything for one hour. So of course, it was a madhouse because we had to wait. So as I was standing there, and I saw Kyle Bush, I was like, Oh, I'm going to videotape him. The Wi Fi still was not working. My data was not working. Probably an hour and a half or so two hours after the race, I get back on Wi-Fi and I'm like, holy crap, Kyle Bush got into it with a fan. Literally right after I took the video of him walking in the tunnel, when he came out on the other side of the tunnel, he had drama. We've talked about this before, but I don't like this trend with fans going up to drivers. NASCAR is one of the only sports that you have this much access If you guys keep pulling all these shenanigans, there are going to be some changes. And we can't have that because where else are you going to go and be able to be on the field or on the track before the race? Yeah, I mean, it's an old school feel to it. And that's what I love about NASCAR is that the fans and people have the opportunity to actually be that close up and personal with the drivers. And it doesn't matter like what the circumstances are, but you're able to say, hey, I you know, you get close to your your driver that you like and you get to say whatever that you want to say and shout out whatever you want to shout out in a positive way or a negative way. Obviously, in this case, that what happened was absolutely uncalled for. And those are the kind of things 
that change everything to him. You're going, oh my God. These are the moments and these are the things that you go, this is why we have change. Because idiots like that don't know how to handle their own personal temperament and they do stupid stuff like that. It's just ridiculous. Well, I'll tell you one thing, that fan got his money's worth because I don't think he thought Kyle Bush was going to stand up to him. But Kyle yeah. Bush was like, hey, what it do, boo? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. So speaking of Kyle Bush, too, I want to go back to the accident to be collected in that 15 car wreck during the second lap. You thought his day was done if you saw his car. It looked absolutely crazy. And I was screaming like, damn, because as you guys know, he had an accident early on in the Xfinity race the night before at Bristol. And it was his last Xfinity race of the season. So for him to go out like that, it was pretty disappointing because Kyle Busch actually has won, I believe, is it six or seven cup races at Bristol? So he's always good for a good show at Bristol because he has won so many times there. Same with his brother, because I believe his brother had won five races at Bristol, five cup races. To see him early in the race have a car that was so damaged, I was like, damn. But Kyle Busch actually came back. At one point, Kyle Busch was in fourth place. And I'm like, what? Wait, did you see that car? And for him to race back, there's no quit in Kyle Busch, but he had to end somebody's day if it wasn't his and it ended up being Martin Truex Jr. Depending on how you looked at it and how you assess what happened, eh, maybe it wasn't Kyle Busch's fault, but it sure looked to be, they definitely connected. Nobody can question that, but who was at fault? Who knows? Ooh, that's a tough call, Tam. I don't know. Yeah, I, Truex. I don't know if you saw the video or you caught it, because obviously I was at the track, so I don't know what they showed, but Truex Jr. was heated. He kicked the car through his helmet. He was upset. I didn't get a chance to listen to his full interview after, you know, post-race, but from what I gathered, he was a little bit upset, but wasn't necessarily blaming it all on Kyle Busch, but acknowledged that there was some issues. I don't know. But all I got to say is that I think this guy is going to come back after the bye week because, as you guys know, we're not racing next week. And he's going to give it to us. He is going to give everybody on the track hell. What do you think? Yeah, you know what? I'm going to say the same thing. I think he was upset in a sense of that he was pissed off, just like any other racer would be, just like I would be, just pissed off at the fact that his night was done. I think for a split second, he probably saw Kyle Busch's face on the car where he kicked it, uh, (laughs) to be be honest with you. But he held it together, Tab, and he was like, you know what? Let me do it this way. I'm just going to play it cool. And then when I come back after the bye week, I'm going to reassess how I feel. And if I still see Kyle Busch's uh, face in my dreams, I'm going to do something about it. But you know what? Knowing Truex, I don't know about you, Tam, but knowing Truex, I don't really see him holding a grudge that bad. Because he's too nice. And that was a yeah, lot that, of that's the my conversation. Point. That's my point. Exactly. Is that I was actually shocked to see him throw a mini tantrum like that. <laughs> yeah, we exactly. expected from Kyle Bush. Right. But see, here's my thing, though. What, and this goes back to me really being a Kyle Bush supporter. 
is that when Kyle Bush does it, people think he's an asshole. When Martin Truex Jr. does it, it's, oh, he's upset, it's understandable, it's passion. So you cannot tell me that when Kyle Bush does it, it's not passion. Is I've come to the conclusion, I'm sure Kyle, as he says, he lets his haters motivate him. But it's just crazy to me that there's so much hate for Kyle Bush. Yeah, I know. Like, surprisingly, though, Renee, I just want to read a few comments yeah, that I ahead. saw on Twitter. Probably the same ones I read. Well, this was just, I just searched Kyle Bush's name when I was driving from the track. First of all, it was pouring down raining after the race to the point where I was like, praying that we got back to the hotel safe because the road conditions it was lightning and raining and it's crazy how the rain held back into the race and then it just poured down but we had already left the track once it started raining but that was just a complete side note these are just a few of the comments that i came across when i was looking on twitter this one is from mike white his user is big blue driver and i spell b-l-e-u driver he writes, Kyle Bush, you and the team really put on a show tonight. You almost pulled it off. Always fun to watch you when things don't go perfectly. Enjoy your time off. Another positive comment. This comes from user Tennessee driver. And I'm assuming, yeah, he's a guy. He writes, did you ever see Earnhardt race Bristol? That's old Ironhead. He didn't give a SHIT. Who was in front of him? This was actually in response to something that Jim Utter had posted. Here's another comment. This comes from Hawaii 50, bruh, as in 50, bro, B-R-U-H. He writes, speaking of M&Ms, Kyle Busch was unbelievable, even though he didn't end up finishing well. Some of the best racing I've ever seen. One last comment. This comes from Ethan Bryan. His user on Twitter is ECBryan12. To those who say Kyle Busch shouldn't be in the sport at all, or they want him gone, I have a question. What in a fresh hell would we be watching exactly if he wasn't out there? Totally agree with that one. He is the show. Hashtag NASCAR. Yeah, I totally agree with that last statement. It is the truth. How could you? I I won't say he's the show, but. He's the show. Like, what are you watching NASCAR for? I know. If you can't enjoy I mean, Kyle Busch. He brings motivation. He brings passion. He brings energy. He brings diversity. He brings negativity. He brings everything. Everything that keeps you stuck glued to watching the race. And that's what Kyle Busch brings. Whether he's winning or he's not winning, you're either going to be uh, happy for him or you're going to be pissed off at him in this case. That's just the way it is. But that's what NASCAR needs. It, it needs Kyle Busch right now. Let's take Kyle Busch out of the equation, and I guarantee you it's not going to be as entertaining as it would be. I I think you would agree with me on that. We all should agree, and it's just those that can't get past the drama that he had over a decade ago with Dale Earnhardt Jr. I'm not going to say I 100% agree with everything that Kyle Busch does, but I don't really have a problem with anything that that guy does. He's entertainment, and I couldn't imagine a sport without him. People may have said that about Casey Kane, but no, they didn't because when Casey Kane's gone, nobody's really going to care. Let's just be 100% honest. The only people that are going to care are his diehard fans. He won't be missed. Carl Edwards was missed. Tony Stewart was missed. Jeff Gordon was missed. Dell Jr. was missed. 
If Kyle Busch leaves NASCAR today, it will not be the same. Right. I totally Because agree. Martin Truex Jr. is a winner, but he's extra nice. And nobody really, the nice guy, I don't want to say finishes last because clearly he won the championship. But how can I say this? I'm not there for the nice guy. I'm there to see some bumping and running and some grinding and any means necessary. Like Kevin Harvick would be missed because Kevin Harvick brings it. Yeah, totally agree. He brings it. I can go on, but we've already established I like it rough and raw. I want to see emotion. I want to see do what you need to do. If you need to bump somebody out the way, move them out the way, do what you need to do. Get the W. Just random. I did were a few things that I wanted to just talk about. Just one, Martin Truex Jr., I can't believe that he is looking for a primary sponsor. And if he does not get a sponsor, there is a possibility that Furniture Row Racing will not be his team next year. That's mind boggling to me for a guy to come off a championship year and not have sponsorship. Because as it was already announced, five hour energy is bouncing. One other thing I wanted to mention. Oh, side note. Hello. Did you get a chance to see the video of the IndyCar wreck? No, I didn't. I didn't get to see that, Tim, but uh, somebody was telling me that it was pretty vicious. Vicious. When you have an opportunity, do yourself a favor and check it out. Now, that video is not for entertainment purposes, so I'm not boasting and bragging like, oh, yeah, you got to check it out for that. No, it was actually really scary. Robert Wiggins, he got airborne, looked like he was riding alone the side of the fence at Pocono. It all started because he made contact with Ryan Hunter Ray. It was actually pretty weird the way his car was almost like I felt like just riding along the fence for a couple of seconds. And then, of course, it broke into pieces and they had to airlift him to the hospital. The last report I read, he's doing okay. It's just crazy in itself because. Yeah, that's crazy. In 2015, another driver died at Pocono from a head injury. And that driver was Justin Wilson. What is just kind of eerie about Robert Wiggins' situation is that he made contact with Ryan Hunter Ray in that particular accident, but James Hinchcliffe was also involved in that accident. And James is no stranger to accidents in the IndyCar series. In 2015, he had an incident at Indy where he almost died because his artery was severed and the medical team held it together until he was transported to the hospital. And a year prior to that, he also suffered a concussion at Indy. Back to back, he went from, I guess, 2014 having a concussion and then 2015 coming close to near death because of a severed artery. And then now a couple of years later, he's collected in another accident. Wow. All scary. Open wheel racing. It's scary to me. It just scares me. Just, I'll just leave it at that. But oh, what's crazy on the plane? Ferrari has a new movie out about the history of Ferrari and racing. I watched that on a plane. And then of course, Rush is like my all time favorite movie to watch on the plane the and it's the story of formula one drivers james hutt 
and Nikki Latta. So I watched that on the plane, which is ironic. Just send your prayers to Robert Wiggins. Yeah, definitely. And I'll that. leave it at that. And you know what's crazy, Tam, is uh, speaking of all of these wrecks and stuff, I remember that Dale Jr. had revealed this week that back in 2004, he had a fiery wreck during an American Le Mans series race in Sonoma, California. And he revealed this week, and this is what's crazy, because he said that a ghost pulled him from that wreck back in 2004. And on his weekly Dale Jr. Download podcast on Tuesday, he was responding to a, a question that a fan had asked him. And she wanted to know if he ever encountered like the supernatural ghosts and stuff like that, et cetera. Well, obviously, he said he didn't believe in Bigfoot or anything like that, but he did believe in uh, the paranormal, you know, kind of activity. And this is what's interesting that Dale Jr. said is that back then when he had that wreck, he felt like somebody pulled him out and he wanted to talk to the person that pulled him out. And people that were there were like, well, what are you talking about? Like, nobody pulled you out, bro. Like, this is weird that you're saying that because you got out of the car on your own. and he was adamant that that's not true. He felt like somebody picked him up from underneath the armpits and pulled him out of the wreckage. And I think that that's crazy because not that I've never heard that before because I have, but I've also seen it with my own eyes, Tim. And I've had the unfortunate experience of seeing old friends of mine in a crash in front of me where I've seen a friend get out of a car in a uh, pretty bad accident, get out of the car, walk over to the side, sit on the curb, and then was like completely like disoriented to the point where he was like, hey, I don't know what happened, but uh, I just want to thank the guy that got me out of the car. And I was like, what are you talking about? And and he's like, well, no, he, he goes, I don't know who got me out of that car. He goes, but tell him I said, thank you. And I was like, what are you talking about? I go, nobody got you out of the car. You got out of the car yourself and you walked over to the side of the curb and you sat down and he's looking at me completely confused which is in this case is what happened to Dale Jr. So it's interesting how some people who get into these accidents, they experience these accidents, they suffer these kind of concussions, they suffer these kind of head traumas where they literally like just either freak out or whatever you want to call it, or just have this false sense of what happened that they go through these things. And uh, Tam, I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but I know I, I've kind of seen that. And like I've said, in what I've just explained, but it's amazing in one way or the other that these drivers that do these kinds of racing in this sport, gosh, you got to give it to them for being able to not only get through some of these traumatic experiences, but to get right back in the car and do it all over again. It's insane. Yes, it is. And it would never be me in open wheel racing. Just <laughs> be clear on that. Again, I don't know if I articulated myself correctly. When I was talking about my love for racing and not liking open wheel, I like open wheel. I just think that it takes a special person to drive a F1 car or an Indy car. Maybe I've watched too many of the movies about racing. And again, not that NASCAR drivers don't put their lives on the line, but to be racing in a car that has no top, no thank you. On that note, I think we can say no thank you to more conversation for this podcast because right what else do we need to talk about? A little fan comment I, of the I week. did have one more fan comment. Well, we kind of already read a, a bunch of fan comments okay. of the week, so I think I'm going to leave it at that. And we are on a bye weekend, so we don't have any predictions. I don't even know if we're going to do a podcast next week. Maybe we'll take a week off. There we go. 
If you don't hear from us next week, it's because we're on a bye week, just like the drivers are. <laughs> That's right. There so you go. for myself and for Renee, we'll see you next week or not. I don't know. <laughs> Adios. That's it. That's You're not going to say nothing else. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Make sure to search for All Turns No Breaks on Apple Podcasts if you have an iPhone or Google Play if you have an Android. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast. Please, guys, we really do appreciate that you guys subscribe to our podcast and turn on new listeners to our podcast as well. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram across the board. Make sure to follow us at Turns No Breaks. That's at Turns No Breaks. There's Ham and myself. Thanks for joining us, and we look forward to talking NASCAR each and every week. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 